I'm Pastor Richard Gamble, and the following message is made available by First Baptist Church of Bastrop, Louisiana. To find out more about First Baptist Bastrop, go to www.firstbastrop.org. That's www.firstbastrop.org. As we begin this morning, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your holy, inspired, and inerrant word. And Lord, today as we open up your word and read from it, study from it, we pray that you would write its eternal truth on all our hearts today. Lord, as we turn our attention now to eternal heaven, where we will spend all of eternity with you in your presence, Lord, I pray that you would, Lord, give us a, a picture, give us an image of our eternal home so that our hearts might long to be there. Lord, let us see from what your word reveals. Lord, let us see what heaven's going to be like. This I pray in Christ's name. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you, turn with me to Revelation chapter 21. Revelation chapter 21. Uh, We're going to look at verses... 1 through 4, we'll also be in 22, so uh, Revelation 22 as well, so kind of keep your finger there after we get through. Uh, We're going to go a few different places, but uh, this is going to be one of our main texts today, Revelation 21, 1 through 4. If you don't have a Bible of your own, you can grab one of the Pew Bibles there, and it's page 977 in the Pew Bible, page 977 in the Pew Bible. If you don't own a Bible, then we invite you to take that pew Bible with you as our gift to you. We want everybody to have a copy of God's Word, so please take that and and read it. It will certainly bless your life. Revelation 21, 1 through 4. Now, as we get started, uh, here's a a favorite hymn of mine, and most of y'all will be familiar with this. so, So sing along. This world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh Lord, I know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, oh Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. That was a good old-time favorite. I mean, at Crossroads Baptist Church, we used to sing that one all the time. It's in the heavenly highway, so uh, you got to get out to the old hymn book to get to that song. But it's a wonderful hymn, and it's just celebrating and looking forward to our heavenly home. And we love that song. It's a wonderful song. Now, what if I said that that hymn is partially true? Right? It's true. It's, it's partially true, but, but maybe not completely true. It's certainly something that we want to uh, look towards, and, and it is true that we are to lay up our treasures in heaven and not this old world. It is true that this world, as it is, is not our home. But what if I told you that perhaps heaven, at least eternal heaven, our eternal home, what if it really is on this celestial ball? It's not just somewhere beyond the blue, but it's right here. 
in this world, in this earth, though this earth be restored. When we look at Scripture, we see more the picture, more the image that that is where it will be, that, that we're not just going somewhere beyond the blue, but our eternal home will be actually right here on this celestial ball. When we talk about eternal heaven, and that's our attention today, we've been talking about present heaven, where our loved ones are today with Christ in the presence of the Lord, they're in present heaven. But today we, we turn our attention to eternal heaven, our eternal home. And to do that, we have to turn to Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 4, and we have to talk about the doctrine of the new heavens and the new earth which we see appearing there. Because the new heaven and the new earth, that is our eternal home. That is eternal heaven. We think about heaven, that's our home, but that's the eternal heaven. That's where our eternal home will be. And I've entitled this message today, On Eternal Home, Returning Eden, because I believe eternal heaven is a restoration of creation and the return of Eden. Eternal heaven is the restoration of creation and a return of Eden, the Garden of Eden, where God prepared for mankind to dwell there in His presence. So I hope today as we begin to study about eternal heaven, I hope that we get a, a picture in our mind. That's where our goal is. That's our goal. That's where we want to be. And may we live for that eternal home. Now again, we've been talking about present heaven, where it is, what it is, and who's there. And we've, we've noted that present heaven is a, a place of unimaginable joy, yet even in present heaven there's a longing there's a longing, uh, an anticipation of something more, something even better. So just think about that. Your loved ones today, they are experiencing joy inexpressible and filled with glory, but there's still that longing. There's still that longing for something else yet to come. And we see that somewhere else yet to come in Revelation 21 verses 1 through 4. So if you found your place there, let's look at verse, 20, verse 1, Revelation 21, verse 1. Hear the word of the Lord. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the, city, the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, bridegroom, excuse me, a prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more, neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Now this is the Omega, right? 
Revelation chapter 21 is the omega. It's the very end of everything. But as we think about the, the omega, we need to also consider the alpha. And so I want us to start with this morning, the alpha. I want us to start with the beginning. So hold a finger there in Revelation and turn with me to the front of your Bibles to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. As we begin with the Alpha, I want you, you to notice, I want us to, to realize that God created the heavens and the earth in perfection. Right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, all of His creation, He created it in perfection. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And when you go down to the end of that chapter, he goes through all the six days of creation, and he creates this, and he creates that, and it was all good, it was good, it was good. Everything that he created was good. But then when you get down to verse 31 in Genesis chapter 1, notice what verse 31 says. Verse 31 says, And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. All of creation, everything that was made was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. And God rested on the seventh. When God created the heavens and the earth, when he created this celestial ball and he hung it out there, out here in, in this universe, in this galaxy, when he looked at all of his creation, he said it was very good good it was perfect it was perfect there was no sin there was no sorrow there was no suffering there was none of that it was very good it was perfect it was the perfect habitation for mankind whom God created last in his own image and likeness to to be his representative here on this celestial ball everything that God created was created with perfection. It was only when sin came into the world that creation was corrupted. Creation was corrupted by sin. You go on over to chapter 2 there, you see that God, He put Adam and Eve there in the Garden of Eden. He said, all right, you can have it. Here's the garden, take care of it. And you can eat of all the fruit of the whole garden except for that one tree over there. Y'all see that tree over there? That's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Y'all stay away from that thing. Don't touch it. Don't get around it. Don't eat any of its fruit. For the day that you eat of the fruit of that tree, you will surely die. And then Genesis chapter 3, here comes the slippery old servant. He comes waltzing in, goes up to Eve. Now Eve, did God really say... When you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that you will die? Yeah, that's what God said. Is if we touch it, we're not even to touch it or we're going to die. Oh, Eve. That's not really the truth. 
God was, was he wasn't being full, fully honest with you. He, he wasn't telling you the whole story. I've got the truth for you. Here's the truth, Eve. If you eat of the tree of the knowledge, the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, then you will be like God. You see, God doesn't want you to be like him. But if you eat that tree, you will be like God, knowing good from evil. And Eve, along with Adam, because he was right there with her, they looked at the fruit and they said, man, that's pretty fruit. That looks delicious. That looks good. I'd like to sink my teeth into that fruit and Oh, now the, the serpent says, oh, it's going to make us smart. It's going to make us like God, and they desire to be like God. And so they partook of the fruit. They chose to follow Satan rather than follow God. And sin came into the world, and sin corrupted God's perfect creation. All of creation, all, God, all that God created, it was perfect. But then, when mankind decided to follow the devil, rather than God, sin came into the world. And sin corrupted God's perfect creation. Creation was corrupted by sin and with that corruption, creation was subjected to futility. It was subjected to futility. Going down there in Genesis chapter 3, look at verses 14 through 19. Verses 14 through 19, notice what he says. Here's God's curse upon creation because of man's sin. And the Lord said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, that is, he will cast a fatal blow to your head, and you shall bruise his heel." To the woman, he says, I will surely multiply your pain and childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. In other words, there's, a, there's conflict that's coming into the family. And to Adam, he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return." Because of sin, because of man's sin, creation was corrupted and it was subjected to futility. Work is not enjoyable because the earth, the creation, is subjected to futility. We have to fight against thorns and thistles. 
to eat because of creation has been subjected to futility because of sin that came into the world. Creation was, God's perfect creation was corrupted by sin. It was subjected to futility. And now all of creation groans. All of creation groans. And what does creation groan for? Creation, all of creation groans to return to God's perfect order. Sin brought chaos, sin brought futility, and now all of creation, all the plants of the field, all the animals on the hills, all of the creation groans to return to God's perfection. Look at, think about Romans 8. You don't have to turn there, but let me just read Romans 8, chapter 22, verse 23 for you. Romans 8, 22 through 23 says, For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in pains of childbirth until now. All of creation groans in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation... But we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. God created the heavens and earth in absolute perfection. And sin came in and corrupted God's perfect creation. God created the heavens and earth in perfection. And now as all creation groans in hopeful expectation, God's plan is the restoration of creation. As we continue to move on Scripture, we see God's plan beginning to unfold and unfold and unfold. And when we get to the New Testament especially, we, be, we begin to see that God's plan for His creation is restoration. God's plan is that creation be, first of all, refined. He wants creation to be refined. Think about 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 10 through 13. 2 Peter 3, 10 through 13 reads, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens and the, and the heavens will pass away with a roar. And the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved in the earth. And the works that are, are done on it will be exposed. Notice what it says there. The earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved. What sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness? Waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Now when we read that, we have this idea and we kind of get this image in our head of, of the, the earth being set on fire and completely dissolving away, kind of like a ball of wax and it just dissolves down to nothing. But then, but then think about that and con contrast that with what we just read. Romans 8, Romans 8, 19 and 21, for the creations wait eagerly, longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, 
but because of him who subjected it. In hope, all of creation is in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. So creation is groaning and longing, and yet we see in 2 Peter it's melting away. Now, now which is it? Is all of creation going to melt away and be nothing? Or is, or is creation anticipating a day that will be restored? Well, when you think about 2 Peter... And 2 Peter talking about the earth being burned up and the heavenly bodies being burned up. You know, fire can destroy. Certainly it can destroy, but what else can fire do? Fire refines. Fire refines. Fire takes out corruption. It, it melts away the corruption. It, it destroys the, the corruption and leaves the pure metal. Think about gold. Just think about gold. How do you purify gold? How do you make gold a pure substance? When, when you talk about gold, you have all your different kinds of carrots, don't you? 10 carat gold is 41.7% gold. And then there's some corruption in it. There's some other metals in it. It's 41% gold, but, but then there's other things. But, but if you put it in the fire and you refine it, you burn off all of those other metals, and, and 14 karat gold is 58.5% gold. And then there's some other metals in it. But then you stick it back in the fire, and you burn it some more, and you get to 24 karat gold, and 24 karat gold is 99.95% gold, and just a little bit of other metals well I think what Peter is getting at is not that that the earth is just gonna melt away like a ball of wax just gonna burn away but what he's getting at is the world the heavens and the earth they're gonna be there yeah they're gonna be submitted to fire they're gonna be consumed by fire but but not to destroy the heavens and the earth but to refine them that's why he says there, they'll be burned up and dissolved in the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. All the corrupted work, all the sinful deeds that are done will be exposed. And that's what we see happening on the day of the Lord. All of the sinful deeds of mankind are exposed. And sinful man is judged for their sin against the holy God. And on that day when the Lord returns, the earth will be judged. And all the corruption that is in this world, all of the, the, the sin that even has stained heaven, as we've been talking about on Wednesday nights, we know that in the present heaven, Satan's been there. Sinful Satan and those sinful demons, they, they have been there. They have been in the presence of God. We see in Job him going, Satan going into the counsel of the Lord and asking permission to do this thing or that thing to Job. Satan has been there. Even heaven is corrupted by sin because Satan has been there. But in the end, God says, I'm going to purify it all. I'm going to refine it all. I'm going to destroy all the corruption. I'm going to take out all of the corruption in the heavens 
and the earth, and I'm going to restore it all back to perfection. Creation will be refined. Creation will be refined. All of the sin, all of the corruption will be burned up, will be destroyed, will dissolve and fade away. And all that will be left is God's perfect creation. Creation will be refined. Furthermore, creation will be restored. Creation will be restored. Acts chapter 3, verse 21. Christ whom heaven uh, must receive until the time for restoring all things about which God spoke by the mouth of His holy prophets long ago. As Christ left this world, He left it until the time of restoring. Until God's time, His perfect time of restoring all things is to come about. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 26 through 29. At that time, His voice shook the earth. But now He has promised, yet once more I will shake out all the earth, but also the heavens. This phrase, yet, yet once more, indicates the removal of things that are shaken, that is, things that have been made, in order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for, God, for our God is a consuming fire. All of creation, all of the heavens and the earth will be shaken and all of the imperfections will fall out. And the only thing that will be left is God's perfect creation. Creation will be refined. Creation will be restored as God first made it in perfection. Revelation 21.5 and he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. God's plan is the restoration of all things in Christ Jesus to make them new again. To make them like they were in the beginning when he created all things in perfection. So God created the heavens and earth in perfection and His plan is to restore His creation to perfection. And better still, God's plan is the return of Eden. The return of Eden. Going back to Revelation, back to where we started. We see that, that God's plan is to, to bring the, the return of Eden. Think about this, pre-fall. Before Adam and Eve sinned against God, Genesis chapter 2, verses 8 through, through 10 tells us, And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden. In the east, and there He put man whom He had formed. And out of the ground the Lord made the, to spring up every tree that has... That Every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life was in the midst of the garden, 
and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And a river flowed out of Eden to water the garden, and there it divided and became four rivers. But then post-fall, Genesis chapter 3, verses 22 through 24 says, Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us in knowing good and evil. Now lest he reach out his hand and take also the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the, gods, therefore the Lord God sent him out from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove out the man at, and at the east of the Garden of Eden he placed the cherubim and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life that's what took place in the beginning that's what took place at the beginning when when man sinned they were expelled from the garden and God set up the guardian angel the guardian cherub there to guard the entrance to the garden of Eden they were expelled but then when we get to Revelation 1, 21, 1 through 4, as we read at the beginning, notice what he says. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And death shall be no more, neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. We see here in our text that heaven comes down to earth. Heaven comes down to earth. Eternal heaven is when heaven, beyond the blue, somewhere beyond the blue, when, when heaven up there comes down here. And the new Jerusalem, God's people, will come out of present heaven and they will come down to the new earth, the restored earth, the refined earth to dwell with God. Heaven comes down to earth. What else do we see? Flip over to Revelation 22. Revelation 22 verses 1 through 5. Notice what this text says. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, through the middle of the street of the city, also on either side of the river, the tree of life, with its twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it. And His servants will worship Him. They will see His face and His name will be on their foreheads. And night, and and, and night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun. For the Lord God will be their light, 
and they will reign forever and ever. Not only does heaven come to earth, but the Garden of Eden returns. The Garden of Eden returns before, after the fall, the tree of life, it was taken out. Mankind was restricted access. No, you can't come here anymore. But now in Revelation, at the Omega, heaven comes down. And when heaven comes to earth, with heaven comes the Garden of Eden. Now the new Jerusalem. There with the, the rivers flowing out of it and in the midst, the tree of life. Free for us to partake of for all of eternity. See, not only is God restoring the earth, restoring His creation, but He is going to return Eden. And that will be our dwelling place. We will dwell in that perfect creation that God created in the beginning. What He designed for us to live in from the beginning. perfect home a perfect place to dwell with all the beauty and splendor that God intended and not only that you think about this as Adam and Eve got to walk with God in the cool of the day in the new heavens and the new earth and restored creation and and the new Eden will not just walk with God in the cool of the day but God will dwell with us he's going to dwell with us his home will be our home we will be with him and he will be our life and our light in the world oh praise the Lord we long for the day That heaven's not just somewhere up yonder beyond the blue. We long for the day when heaven comes to earth. And God makes all things new. Everything restored and refined to its absolute perfection. And God comes to dwell in our midst. Imagine eternal heaven. Imagine a perfect earth and us returning to that beautiful, lush Garden of Eden and living with the Lord. Eternal heaven is a restoration of creation and the return to the garden. You think about this. We were made from the earth We were made for the earth. And we will enjoy a perfect earth when God makes all things new. When He restores them back to their perfect order. Can you imagine it? Can you see it with your mind's eye? Think about all that Adam and Eve got to enjoy in the very beginning. When everything was 
pristine and perfect. When work was enjoyable, when there was no sorrow, when there was no suffering, but every day was a joyful day in the Lord. That's where we're headed. That's the end goal. My heart longs for that day. Does yours? Does yours? If your heart truly longs for that day, then you, you want to live every day of your life, not for the temporary pleasures of this life, Not for the temporary pleasures that are marred by sin, marred by suffering, marred by pain, but living every day for that eternal home. Living in the presence of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And in the glory of our Father. Let's live for that day. Let's set our sights on that day. Live for eternity. Now maybe you're here today or you're listening in, whatever might be the case. And you don't have that vision because you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You see, the only way you get to eternal heaven it's through Jesus. Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one, nobody gets to the heaven except through Jesus Christ. If you don't know Jesus, heaven's not your home. Heaven's not your home. Not present heaven, not eternal heaven. You can't look for and long for that joy unless you trust in Jesus Christ. If you've never trusted in Jesus, today, 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 make heaven your home. Turn to Christ. He will save you. And He will save you a spot in eternity. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank You. We thank You for the wonderful vision of eternity that you give us in your word. Lord, there's still a lot that we wonder about. There's still a lot that we have questions about. And one day those questions will be answered in eternity. But thank you, Lord God, that we have the eternal hope of eternity. These old bodies marred by the corruption of this world they long for, they groan for eternity. You have set eternity upon our hearts. Thank you. Thank you that you have provided a way to enter into eternity, to enter into your perfection, your, your perfect eternal home. Now, Lord, let us live and long every day for that day. And Lord, if there's any today who don't know Jesus, they, 
that's not their home because they don't know Christ, then Lord, I pray that you would turn their hearts to know Jesus. Let them see him. Let them long for him. Let them come to him and receive the free gift of eternal life that only he can provide. This I pray in Christ's glorious name. Amen.